There was something musical about Ronan when he swore, a careful and loving precision to the way he fit the words together, a black painted poetry. Chapter 25, page 238, The Raven Boys. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And we're we're the the Raven Raven Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle Podcast. Where we talk about five dysfunctional teenagers and their really terrible Latin translations. If only they had a decent Latin teacher. (laughs) (laughs) This is episode nine, and we'll be looking at chapters 25 and 26 of The Raven Boys. And we won't necessarily be taking a really solid, cohesive, deep dive, but I have taken a look at some of the Latin translations in these two chapters and picked them apart. So we'll be going into those as they come up. Woohoo! And disclaimers, we have some. This is an analysis podcast. We'll be discussing the Raven Cycle as a cycle, and this means we are spoilerific. Yes. So you probably want to have read the books before listening. Yep, always. We use pronunciations from the audiobooks, and page numbers are referenced from the paperbacks where available. And it'll soon be all of them. It'll I soon know we be- said that last time, but I'm so excited. We're still excited. In fact, <laughs> by the time this episode drops, the paperback will have been released. It's true. We Yay. may not actually have it in our hands by the time this episode <laughs> drops, but it right. will be out. So a disclaimer from me, you guys have all heard this, you know it, you love it. This podcast is a teen plus rating and it will have canon levels of adult content, including Ronin swearing 300 Foxway drinking, Kavinsky lewdness, and no gray man violence. Nope, no gray man violence. Nope. Not yet anyway. (laughs) No. We have a whole nother book for that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's get into the episode. Yep. So we don't have a character this time. It's basically the five kids and they go back to Cave's Water. So we don't have anyone new to introduce. And I don't know that we'll have anyone new to introduce really for the rest of the book. So this is it. Chapter 25, Adam POV. Several weeks pass in research before the gangsy make their way back to the mysterious wood. (laughs) But not before one of the most adorable pinch scenes of the series happens. (laughs) Aww. Aww. One of the first concrete exhibitions of time travel is revealed when they find a message from future Ronan painted on a rock. The trees speak Latin. Call it by name. Caves water. So Gansey sends the boys on unspecified Glendower-related tasks. And to Adam's surprise, Blue gets to come along on all of them. Mm-hmm. Adam thinks it's clear that Blue was keeping them a secret, not phoning or meeting them near Fox Way. I guess you must have decided that keeping a lower profile was a good idea. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Other than the first day, she's actually being <laughs> covert. <laughs> <laughs> They don't go back to Caveswater over this time, and instead, they research the wood to see if they can figure out who owned it or if it had a name. And I thought this was a little foreshadowing or echoing of Call It By Name, Caveswater. Absolutely. The other things the Gangzi works on during this time seem to be somewhere between stalling and possibly <laughs> important. Yeah. Definitely stalling. Mm, talking about Glendower, marking the ley line, playing with stone circles. And all of that is relevant. Like I said, somewhere between. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that I can see an argument for... Gansy stalling, yeah. yeah. After the gelato shop, Blue refuses to let the others pay for any of her food, and she seemed to hate it the most when Gansy offered. Yeah, like Adam, she can't stand it from Gansy specifically. And we've talked about Adam being the gateway to this world for Blue. 
I think that if Adam wasn't in this group, Blue would never likely join. I, I agree. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he a good someone, buffer. Uh-huh, for her. He's the one she can see herself the most in, I guess. Like, right. The one that she has the most connection. ready connection to. Yeah. yeah. And during one of the times when Gansey is trying to get Blue to let him pay for some of her food, she's saying she can't let him because she's and she's stumbling over a word, and he says, "Beholden." And she's like, you assumed it was my word. You can't just go around assuming. Yeah, and it doesn't really seem like Blue to stumble over her words like this. It kind of struck me as being out of character. And I was curious as to what that might have implied. Whether she's nervous around Gansey specifically, or this is really the only time I can think that Blue would have ever stumbled over anything she had to say. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I can't think of any other points yeah. that's off in my head either. Yeah. I mean... Maybe for the same reasons that it is for Adam, but why would that be, like, the big thing that makes her nervous and... Right. <laughs> I mean, she's made it clear she has no problem yelling at Gansey when he's being a dick. Right. <laughs> a literal... No. <laughs> um, the whole exchange is kind of odd because it does seem like Gansey almost knows that he's being kind of an asshole to her. Mm-hmm. And yet he's not stopping himself from being an asshole and she's not taking it particularly well so right. I'm just I'm just not sure if the stutteriness of it is supposed to indicate some sort of tension between yeah, them maybe. in the scene. So anyway then Blue bought her own chips though it was clear that the price was dear to her and nothing to Gansey. Adam was proud of her. Yeah of course he would be. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. absolutely and then we get a mention of how Blue and Noah get along super well from the start. Noah was a good bellwether for people. And I'm like, yeah, you know, the gangsy, sure, but also Welk? <laughs> yeah, the whole Welk-Noah relationship. It doesn't feel right somehow. Like It, it really doesn't because you get such a different Noah from Welk's perspective uh-huh. than you seem to get from anyone else that was in his life. And so yeah, with even, Welk even being... Even his family when you see them. Right. With Welk being such an unreliable narrator... I don't know. I just have a really hard time with that whole mm-hmm. relationship, as we should. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible right. relationship. And Adam thinks so shy and awkward and invisible. And it makes me think of I was more when I was alive. And it makes uh-huh. me so sad. Poor Noah. Yeah. So Adam is saying that he's happy that Noah likes Blue because it's an indication that he's made a right decision. Right. And that he so rarely makes decisions Decisions nowadays. Yeah, without Gansey or Ronan or Noah, that he doubted his judgment when he acted alone. Mm -hmm. That's so sad because I know that he can only trust himself, but it's also Mm. like his decisions a lot of times will have been negated. And so I can see why he would mistrust his own judgment sometimes. The days slid easily by with the five of them doing everything but returning to the strange pool and the dreaming tree. Gansey kept saying, we need more information. Adam told Blue, I think he's afraid of it. And I I think he is too. And Adam is like, he knew he was. Mm -hmm. I would be afraid of it as well. And here we get a quick look at what Adam saw on the tree. And like Navita said last episode... It feels like this is actually referencing the scene with Adam and Ronan in the church later. Yeah, it's a word-for-word recreation with different players Mm -hmm. there at the scene. What he saw in the tree, Adam wonders, was it a dream? Was it a prophecy? Was it both? (laughs) Yeah, probably both. And prophecy makes me think of Adam's work with Persephone later. Right. 
Was it a dream? Was it a prophecy? Gansey told Adam, I don't know what it is. Right. Historically, this phrase, I don't know, had been a very good way of losing Adam's respect. Unless you immediately followed it with the words, but I'll find out. Right. This totally fits Adam. Mm -hmm. Just top of the class and he works his butt off trying to learn as much as he can and better himself. And Adam losing respect in someone saying, I don't know, makes a lot of sense because... Again, trust does not come at all easily to an abused kid, either in word or in deed. He would rely on his abilities. And so if Gansey, who seems to kind of get a pass here, but if anyone was to say, I don't know, he wouldn't trust any sort of wishy-washiness from someone else that he couldn't control. Right. Just based on his background. Mm. And Adam gave only as much time as he'd give himself, but Gansey never let him down. They'd find out what it was. Only Adam wasn't sure this time that he wanted to know. Yeah. And he actually ends up knowing very well. Mm-hmm. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. But Adam does seem to cut Gansey a lot of slack here, as I was just saying. Uh-huh. But Gansey might also be the very first thing or person in his life that has been steadfast. And that is so telling and yeah, such an so indicator and, of and their almost relationship. certainly is the first thing. Right. Seems like he was really Adam's first real friend. Right. And it was an overcast day that felt more like fall. The story begins in early spring. And does it end in? No, it ends in summer. It ends in no, fall. it ends in fall. Okay. It ends in November. Right. Okay. Yeah, the beginning of November. Right. And I mentioned that the hunt we hear, the hounds away, 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 would have been right. a fall thing. Correct. Yeah, that's brought up in the prologue to The Raven King, which mm-hmm. happens in the fall. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cold and damp and steel gray. It feels interesting because two weeks have passed and they've sort of settled even more into their routine uh-huh. of meeting each other. And yet, like... It specifically says that they have. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Ronan teaching Adam how to drive a stick. And I know we mentioned this before, but if he learns here, how did he drive the B&W when Ronan got the scabs? Right. And I had brought this up when we talked about the moving dolly before. I'm guessing uh, it's an editing error. Probably. Maybe I'd had canon this as possibly he kept it in first gear. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. Ronan was brief and to the point. Adam was a quick study with no ego to get in the way. And I'm like, yep, not to them. Would he have had an ego with Gansey, though? Yes. I really think he would have. I think he would have, too. If it was Gansey, it actually would have been different. From a safe vantage point beside the building, Gansey and Noah. Gansey (laughs) and Noah are expecting an explosion. (laughs) I love that. That's really great. Mm -hmm. Every so often, their hoots were audible through the open windows of the B&W. That is so sweet. Yeah, my note was, these boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then, inevitably, Adam stalls the car. It was a pretty magnificent beast, as far as stalls went, with lots of noise and death spasms on the part of the car. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, he greenhorned it. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I taught myself how to drive a stick. I didn't have anyone swearing at me except myself. From the passenger seat, Ronan began to swear at Adam. It was a long, involved swear, using every forbidden word possible, often in compound word form. A boy after my own heart. (laughs) And then there's the quote that you love so much. Yes. There was something musical about Ronan when he swore, a careful and loving precision to the way he fit the words together, a black painted poetry. It was far less hateful sounding than when he didn't swear. Yeah. <laughs> it's a love letter, really. Yeah. I was like, first, I think I've heard Navita talk this way about Ronan swearing before. 
And second, how did I read this and not see the, oh my God, they're in love immediately? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everyone else is all oceans burned and crashing storms and hungry animals. And I'm like, give me Ronan swearing at Adam and Adam immediately riling him up again when he stops. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. Adam wants him to swear at him. Vernon says, it's not your mother's 1971 Honda Civic. And then Adam replies, they didn't start making the Civic until 73. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's even funnier is that I can just picture it. He's sitting there kind of with his hands folded. He's looking down at his lap and Ronan's swearing at him. And he's just like, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Like the little smirk. I can picture the little smirk. Not at all penitent. <laughs> mm. I love that Adam feels so safe talking back to Ronan like yeah. that. There was a flash of fangs, but before Ronan had time to strike, Ronan mm. with snake imagery. Mm-hmm. The scent of wildflowers accompanied Blue's presence. He cataloged it in a list of things that made Blue attractive. I guess smelling just specifically like trees wouldn't be like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I do love that they both love the way the other smells. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I think about when I think about a person a lot of times is their scent. Yeah. Speaking of smells, I love blue. Is that what that smell is? (laughs) (laughs) Her sarcasm is great, especially given her fear of driving later. Mm -hmm. Driving is tough when you're small, okay? Okay. (laughs) And Ronan immediately bails on Adam and Blue without replying and slams the door, which isn't even an indicator that he's mad. It just means he's leaving. Uh (laughs) Noah appeared beside Blue. He looked joyful and adoring, like a Labrador retriever. Noah had decided on almost immediately that he would do anything for Blue. It's because Blue makes him more present. Right. Blue lets Noah touch the tufts of her hair. Adam's jealous, but realizes that gesture would mean something different coming from him. And he's right, it would. Mm -hmm. Because while Blue at least doesn't know it yet, Blue and Noah's interactions are basically Noah drawing energy from Blue. Yeah. You know, like, they're still friends, but they wouldn't be as close if Noah basically didn't need Blue. Right. Gansey was being theatrical about it, flipping open his journal, checking his watch, waiting for someone to ask where they were going. (laughs) Oh, Gansey. Time, Gansey said grandly, striding past them, is wasting. (laughs) Gansey striding again. Mm -hmm. Drama queen. (laughs) Uh And then the passage that really, really made me laugh. We have to be back in three hours. I just played Chainsaw, but you'll need it again. Gansey, this is precisely why I did not want to have a baby with you. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Proof of marriage right there. (laughs) Vernon and Gansey scuffled briefly over the keys again. Uh uh And Gansey won as he won almost everything. Yeah, from Adam's perspective, probably. Yeah. (laughs) He kind of won the lottery of life. Yeah. Noah tries not to touch Blue. Is he afraid of draining her too much, possibly? Possibly. It could just be being polite as well. Mm -hmm. Adam didn't take quite so much care. It quickly became clear that Blue didn't mind when his lads touched hers. Aw, they're being cute again. Right. (laughs) And Adam needs good touch in his life. And it's just that they were both hungry animals, but Adam had been starving for longer. Mm -hmm. And Adam probably has skin hunger. Yeah. That need to be touched in a good way. Mm -hmm. It comes through several times in the books. Yeah, it's such a sad situation. 
New spring leaves jerked from the trees by the sudden cold wind is setting us up for later when we go through the Mm -hmm. seasons in the forest. Right. And it's implying that the cold is being caused by something other than Noah, Uh which I do think that it's mostly Noah in the car, but... Mm -hmm. And she pulled both of them to her, like, blankets. Yeah, I've mm. seen so sweet. I have done that before. You're with a bunch of friends, and you're just like, oh, keep me yeah. warm. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks at Noah and's like, but you're always cold, Noah. I know, he replied. Blank. Poor yeah. Noah. <laughs> He's tried to tell them. Mm-hmm. Uh, numerous, numerous times. <laughs> yeah. And then Adam thinks to himself that he doesn't know what came first with Blue. Her treating the boys like friends or them all becoming friends. The yeah. circular way to build a friendship. Strange sort of magic. She'd always been hunting Glendower with them. They all seem to feel the cycles. Right. And Adam was cold on the inside. Mm-hmm. Noah is not affecting just Blue, I right. feel like here. Adam tells Gansey to give the pig more gas to get it started. Ronan punched Gansey's right leg down, his palm on Gansey's knee. I'm not saying I ship it, but I'm not saying I don't ship it. (laughs) Also, in reality, I love their friendship for what it is, and I Mm -hmm. don't really feel the need to ship it. Mm -hmm. Because they they are some of the greatest example of, like, just pure loving guy friends I've ever... Yeah, and we need more of that. Definitely, 100%. But Ronan, as always, takes the necessary action here. Mm Mm-hmm. Your heart, Blue said in Adam's ear. I can feel it in your arm. Are you nervous? It's just, he replied, I'm not sure where we're going. And I'm like, he's not talking about the car. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the case. You're right. I didn't think about it that way. I love the description of this day versus the last one. Mm -hmm. The woods had a far different character under a cloudy sky. Stark, dead, bony, giant shadow sunless scrubby the forest seemed darker still the descriptive words are so obviously stark Mm -hmm. as one of them but that feels maggie is so good at description she's great and then adam thinks to himself now it was real magic existed adam didn't know how much that changed the world Mm -hmm. they stare at the woods as if facing an adversary and everyone is showing signs of tension here Gansey rubbing over his lip. Blue is hugging herself. Ronan even is disquieted. Only Noah looked as he always looked. Noah is just Noah. Yeah. Shoulders hunched, though. I Yeah, that is kind of who Noah is. Mm-hmm. Gansey talks about the things EMF can do to people. Old exposed wiring causes hauntings. High readings make you feel watched. It plays with your brain. All of which I touched on in the deep dive last episode. Correct. And does this pseudoscientific explanation actually detract from the magic? She's trying to integrate sort of this Mm. real world pseudoscience with the magic of her world building. I personally think that it fits together fairly well. I think so too. I like it. I've seen other people online in some posts say that they felt that it actually detracted from the magic Mm -hmm. by trying to tie it too closely to sort of the conspiracy theories or pseudoscience of current time. Mm -hmm. So I disagree but I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, I can see why it might to some people, but I I think I'm with you. I think I like the way that it all fits together. Noah tipped his head far back to look at the slowly moving tops of the trees. This motion is echoed later, almost to the end of chapter 26 by Gansey. And Mm -hmm. I wonder if Noah is actually hearing the voices even now. Possibly. Yeah. 
Adam, as always, gets what's really going on. He mentions mm-hmm. that, he mentions that the ley line's power can give spirits what they need to manifest. And Noah's standing right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> he also mentions that water can make EMF give you a good feeling, and thus healing springs. Yeah, Ronan brings up healing springs. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I vaguely mentioned this last episode, though at the time I didn't even remember this passage being in the books. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking of things like when you use fountains to disperse negative energy or to create motion in a stagnant corner, which is like pretty solid principle in feng shui uh-huh. and uh, other folklore. So that's kind of what I was referencing. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what they're referencing as well. Mm-hmm. And then the trees sighed. Gansey narrowed his eyes. Does he hear something here hmm. after all? Possibly. Mm-hmm. And then Adam, are we invited? <laughs> Adam asked. Adam is a vampire theory confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> and Ronan is shamed by Noah going in first. And Noah has also seen this time and place, most likely. Uh, almost mm-hmm. certainly. It's 4.13, and we need to remember that later. Yeah. (laughs) I was just noting it down because I was told to. (laughs) Okay, we're remembering it later. (laughs) Sounds good. I know it's dim lighting in the woods, and I know we've mentioned this a ton, but Noah literally disoperates here. Right. Because Gansey's like, Noah, where'd you go? Noah's voice came from behind them. I didn't go anywhere. Adam spun, still clutching Blue's hand, but there was nothing there. The only reaction to this, or Noah showing back up in front of Gansey a second later, is Adam thinking, oh, it plays with the hardwiring of your brain. Yeah, my comment was that Noah is doing his ghostess with the mostest routine here. (laughs) And it's the first time it's truly outright. And Uh I wonder, actually, if he's on a bit of a time skit propelled by Cave's Water. That could be, Mm. yeah. Ronan is described as a hunched black shape, which makes me think of a perched raven. (laughs) Yeah. And Adam thinks to himself that he wants to go anywhere but that tree. I don't want to see that again. And as always, Caveswater listens to their thoughts and provides what they've desired. Mm -hmm. So there's no sign of the landmarks they'd seen on their last trip, including the nightmare tree. Mm -hmm. And Gansey's like... We've been misdirected. His tone was at once blunt and accusatory, as if the wood itself had done it. And he's not wrong. Right. A few of the leaves that clung on the branches were still pale yellow, but now it was the yellow of fall, not spring. Throughout these chapters, once again, Blue is the one to notice the changes in the trees. Uh-huh. And she's the one who points out the change in the leaves here. Mm-hmm. And Adam was torn by wonder and anxiety. Yeah, I think that'd be my reaction if I stumbled into Cave's Water. Yes, and I can particularly see this for Adam, who is the only one of all of the group that has not until this point believed in magic. Mm-hmm. It's 5.27 p.m. Secondhand's still running. Gotta well, keep up on the time. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> seem like they should have been walking an hour already. Uh-huh. Yes, perhaps they have been, but it just doesn't seem like they should have been. Mm-hmm. Also, I am always vaguely surprised at this point when the time isn't 621. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've tried to find a pattern, and I have some thoughts for 621, mm-hmm. but have failed so far to find any pattern in the times. If anyone in the audience has thoughts, please send them our direction. Yeah. I I don't have a clue. (laughs) I do have some stuff for 621, but we've got three more books before we get there. (laughs) Shannon just went, (laughs) ah. Noah calls. There's writing over here. And he would know where to look. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
a great block of chin height stone. Okay, chin height for Adam, I assume, since he's the POV <laughs> character, because that's quite a range. Chin height for Blue is about a foot shorter than chin height for Ronan. Yep. The great block of stone is striated with lines like Gansey's lace sketches. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing it kind of feeling like a weird version of the Rosetta Stone. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Words are painted on the rock, worn and uneven, black in some places, deep plum in others. The ink is a mixture of Ronan's blood and berry juice, which mm-hmm. is described on page 83 of The Dream Thieves. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to point out that we have seen Ronan's writing before, much earlier in the book, but handwriting is important, so I wanted to point it out. Mm-hmm. Blue asks, what language is that? Adam and Ronan answer is one. <laughs> they seem to mirror each other a lot in Caveswater, as pointed out in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And as Ronan is reading through what's written on the rock, he says, the Latin is pretty crappy. <laughs> Yet Adam observes that it's difficult to read. So Ronan says that they wouldn't find the joke funny, but I so desperately wish I knew what the joke was. Uh-huh, because you would probably find it funny. I would find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> And Maggie herself has said that one of the things you can learn from the Raven Cycle is shitty Latin. (laughs) The mirth had run out of Ronan's face. He touched the words, traced the letters. His chest rose and fell, rose and fell. Mm. And Adam is disturbed by the very shape of the letters and finds it obvious that they are Ronan's handwriting once it's pointed out. Right. And Ronan writes this while he's in the dream space during chapter 11 of The Dream Thieves. Mm Ronan is visibly shaken, and he says, I don't understand. Gansey rallies like a general at war. Mm -hmm. He couldn't bear to see any of his number rattled. His firmness settles Ronan and Adam especially. Mm -hmm. But Gansey's explanation of time travel doesn't make much sense to me. Knowing that there was a chance time might fold you here to find it. Mm-hmm. But if future Ronan is leaving a message for past Ronan, future Ronan would have already known that past Ronan had gotten the message. Time travel never <laughs> makes sense. Never, ever. All right. They were explorers, scientists, anthropologists of historical magic. This was what they wanted. Yeah, it's a pretty great quote. Yeah, it's so what they're doing. So Maggie has said again that Ronan's Latin in the books is purposefully crappy. And she also has said that there are only two characters that speak good Latin and that it's a pretty solid indication of who has come out of Ronan's head. So here, Arboris Loqui Latine should be Arboris Loquint latine right now it says something like the trees to speak in latin (laughs) (laughs) and they all glanced at the trees that surrounded them they were fenced by one thousand different shades of green fastened by a million wind-blown claws Mm -hmm. and it's then says nomine appellant which is also incorrect they call it by name is what that says, apparently. And I found that it should be appellate nomine. Although I will point out, they do call it by name in the next chapter. Right. But mm-hmm. he translated as call it by yeah, name, right. which is not the same. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, call it by name, Cape's water. Names are so important. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, where does the name Caveswater come from? Which mm-hmm. I know you're going to discuss in just a second. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're on to chapter 26, which is a Gansey point of view. 
The group travels further into the now sinister-seeming wood and attempt to strike up a conversation with the trees. Terrible Latin ensues, and after some back and forth, the trees ask the ley line be awoken and direct the gang to an abandoned Mustang that seems to indicate that, indeed, someone else was also looking for the ley line. And you were saying that you were interested about the origins of Caves Water. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I haven't been able to find anything really definitive. But I did find a root in Cave, Caber, that sort of root there Mm -hmm. that meant to fit, to hold, or even I take in or I contain. Uh huh. And I thought that that was interesting. I don't know if Maggie just liked the sound of Cabe's water, like right. if she just liked the sound of it, or if it might have some meaning I didn't find. Again, audience theories welcome, but mm-hmm. I didn't find anything on what I could just find in a search. Mm-hmm. And then Gansey thinks to himself, what is this thing that you've done? Where have you brought them? And I was wondering, why is he taking all of the responsibility for this onto himself? He does that a lot. He does. He does. <laughs> Blue suggests that they find water, then try to speak to the trees. Gansey muses that this plan is both nonsensical and practical. This is much like Blue herself. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon is making a very pleased face. <laughs> I love Blue. And when asked, if they should go back or go farther Noah said farther and Noah Mm -hmm. knows where they need to be today yeah Noah knows where they're going and what they need to find right Gansey here mentions the Lake District, which, as just a quick aside, I looked up. Uh-huh. I now have another bucket list vacation destination. It's a British National Park, and it is absolutely beautiful if you look at the pictures. Right. And Gansey tells this story about visiting there and sort of becoming immune to the beauty. And I wonder if they will ever become immune to the joys of the magic. It's a good question. And Mallory, imparter of all ancient old man wisdom, tells Gansey about willow trees and water. <laughs> It was just a weird thing to have Mallory tell him. Yeah. And the observation is that it's now winter and that they looked like tourists from another season with their sun-flushed skin. Uh-huh. And Blue is the one who comes up with the first thing to say to the trees. She's like, say hello and ask if they'll talk to us. And this feels really appropriate to me that it's Blue who comes up with what they should say. <laughs> Ronan looked pained. Polite was not his style. <laughs> I feel you, my man. I also find it so endearing that Ronan is actually listening to and taking direction or doing something for Blue. Uh Uh-huh. I just think that's pretty great. And then loquere to nobis is basically talk to us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is not the same as will you speak with us? Uh My understanding is that this is, again, incorrect. It should be locreisne ad nos. But I don't speak Latin. Me <laughs> I'm just, neither. I'm just digging through other people's pockets on this one. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we actually really get into them using Latin in the series. Maggie has written a couple of posts in response to people asking about Latin that I wanted to read. Because I do think it's important. And one of them was from Scarlet Fencer. And it says, I love the Raven Cycle. It's a great imaginative series. However, I have one comment concern. Your Latin is fairly awful. 
<laughs> it's probably just me as I'm a Latin student. I'm really sorry to complain. I love the story and I feel that the poor Latin takes away from it. And Maggie says, if it makes you feel any better, the incorrect Latin is intentional. Once upon a time, I was a Latin student myself. There is some correct Latin in the series used in specific and plot related instances, but I cannot tell you what or why those instances are as it would be spoilery for the Raven King. And so she also gives a story about when she was a Latin student that I thought was really funny. And Mind of a Ravenclaw, which I think is a great Tumblr name. I just wanted to say that I find it hilarious every time Ronan or Adam flawlessly translate Latin into modern English. I'm incredibly envious of the Raven Boy's Latin skills. So you get one person saying it's terrible, one person saying it's flawless. And Maggie says, why, thank you. I took much Latin in college and despite not being very good at it, I was the best in my class, which I suppose is one of those things that comes from combining dead languages and morning classes. I used to sneak into class before anyone else got there and write a joke on the board in Latin. (laughs) My exhausted professor, exhausted by us, not by morning, would arrive and ask if any of the students had done their assigned exercises. No, no, they had not. So she would take out a preparatory cigarette and place it on the desk in front of the board and have the students work through the joke instead. (laughs) I recall at the end of the two years, she told me, I know it was you. How? I cried, betrayed. She replied, because you were the only person in that classroom who ever spoke Latin. (laughs) And she says, this is how I learned the lesson that sometimes if you are terrible at something, you can still be the best. It is a very unsatisfying lesson. That is so me in my Japanese class. Yeah. We were just talking about this before. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I wish that I spoke Latin and maybe one of our friends speak Latin. I wish I spoke Latin because I want to know who the two characters are. And I'm guessing one of them is Green Mantle. Mm -hmm. Maybe the other one's Artemis. But every other Latin speaker in the series supposedly has Ronan's Latin. And it's an indicator of whether or not they're a real person. I wonder if Opal is actually an external entity. I so badly wish that I knew if her Latin was good or if it was Ronan's Latin, but we'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So to get back to the actual analysis, the next thing that happens is Ronan asks if they will talk to them and Gansey basically tells him to be quiet because he starts talking over what's being said and it struck me because it's almost maybe not the dad voice maybe not the kingly voice mm-hmm. but it very much seemed like he had taken back on the mantle of the commander right. in that little statement mm-hmm. so and it's pointed out here that Gansey and Noah are the only ones who can hear the trees mm-hmm. and on, on the second read through this makes perfect sense right exactly because they're the ones connected to the ley line yeah yeah and Gansey thinks to himself now it seemed obvious that it was a voice obvious that it had never been leaves right I found it really funny that Gansey is lamenting that he didn't study harder uh-huh. which is a call back to him not needing to because he has Ronan right <laughs> And Ronan interprets the trees and they're saying, they say they've been speaking to you already, but you haven't been listening, Ronan said. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, throughout the entire book. Throughout all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ronan questions whether Gansey is messing with him and Adam shuts Ronan down on that. But I really think it's a good indicator of how shaken Ronan is that he would even 
question Gansey on something like this. Uh-huh. I mean, it would be really disorienting, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then Ronan says, they said they're happy to see the psychic's daughter. Me? Blue cried. Her excitement and surprise here is so freaking adorable. It's really cute. <laughs> and Ronan named the trees. And here, the trees name Ronan. Mm-hmm. Grey Warren. Right. I find it interesting that Ronan has never heard this term before now. Especially given that both Niall and Declan know it. Uh-huh. As well as all of the magical artifact collectors that Niall bragged uh-huh. to. How did Niall hear the name? And what does it indicate when Caveswater or Opal, as a representative of Caveswater, says many thieves, one Grey Warren? That's a good question. I know yeah. that like Niall has tried to shield Ronan yes. from a lot of this. So that could be part of why he hasn't heard the name. Mm-hmm. And as far as the thieves versus Grey Warren... Yeah, I wonder how many people can actually take stuff out of dreams. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Ronan is supposed to be the caretaker. Like right. He's... Well, and even the Warren part, uh-huh. if you get into the Germanic, it means to care, yeah. basically. So It's like Warden. Or... Like Warden, yeah. yes, yeah. And then Gansey says, it's you they're happy to see again. And Ronan's face was guarded, his feelings hidden. It's like Gansey realized that he's going to die because it's later revealed that this is where Ronan starts to suspect his ties to Cave's Water. Uh-huh. And that's on 163 of The Raven King. Mm-hmm. Blue's face holding all the awe and excitement Gansey felt. She says, the trees, amazing. <laughs> and Adam questions, clever one that he is, why only Gansey and Noah can hear. Mm-hmm. Gansey is Cave's water. <laughs> and as you pointed out, he and Noah are tied together through the previously aborted attempt to wake the mm-hmm. ley lines. Gansey turns to Ronan for help with the translation. And Ronan replies, God, Gansey, if you'd paid attention and <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Ronan? Is getting on Gansey's case about class? Yeah, like, no, no, you don't know. No. So Sorry, funny. dude. It's so funny. <laughs> and they ask why only Gansey and Noah can hear the trees. And the trees say it's because the road isn't awake. I wonder if them calling it the road has anything to do with the inscription on the oak trees, the second road, that we questioned in an earlier episode. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Blue argues briefly that that answer doesn't seem to answer the question, mm-hmm. but it's cut off by the trees, saying they'd be in the gangsies' debt if they wake the line. Right. Apparently, Ronan, and by extension, Caveswater, has an issue with using infinitives, supposedly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It, it's incorrect again, basically. <laughs> Caveswater does not speak proper Latin. Let's put it that way. They're all quiet for a moment, taking in the fact that they just met sentient trees. <laughs> Understandable, really. Yeah, was it only the trees in this strange wood, or did every tree observe their movements? And so this is a good question, because once the Tiri Alentes were revealed, I assumed that the trees that spoke were all tree lights, mm-hmm. not just generally sentient beings. Right. And that the tree lights can only live along the ley lines, as Artemis said, and we right. talked about last episode, or in the hearts of the ley lines, which Caveswater would be, as places of power to sustain them. 
Mm-hmm. And Maggie recently tweeted about Genis Loki, protective spirits of a place, and mm-hmm. tagged it as Caves Water. Right. So I kind of wonder, did Tir Ialentes exist in America? Were That's they, a good question. Yeah. Were they just called dryads in Greece and thought to be the ancestors in some Native American tribes? Yeah, because that's a good question. The mythology of tree spirits is universal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of wondering if just these Welsh tree mm-hmm. lights came to America, but America has their own. Yeah. Even in like Nordic cultures. Like oh, yeah. The, All yeah, over. everywhere. Everywhere. They were like aliens, Gainsey thought. Aliens that we have treated very badly for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> if I were a tree, I would have no reason to love a human. But a tree has reason to love you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gansey finally asks Ronan to ask if they knew where Glendower is, and Adam looks startled. Why is he startled? Yeah. <laughs> the trees say no, but then later in the book, they say they might, or I think it's later in Blue Lily, Lily Blue, actually, they say they might know where his king is. And do they just not recognize Glendower by name? Mm-hmm. And if these are the Tyrielentes that traveled with Glendower, wouldn't they know him? You would think so. Yeah. Gansey is noticeably upset about the answer, mm-hmm. though we are in his perspective, so he just kind of wonders why everyone's looking at him. Right. His face felt wrong. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Amabote ubi exitum, which means I will love you. Where leave? <laughs> <laughs> The amabote part actually threw me because it's one of the few things I did know in Latin. Uh But I did search a bit and found that it's an idiomatic way of saying please or sort of making an Mm. entreaty. Like, I will love you if you do this for me. Right. I was going to say, I've I've done that before. I'll love you forever if you. (laughs) Yeah. But I also found that it was most often used by females. (laughs) I don't know how much of this is accurate. It was from a college textbook. Uh We should poll our friends to see if anyone speaks Latin. Because I would really like to get someone who could translate this stuff for us. Mm-hmm. Gansey realizes the trees may not have been speaking at all, but rather talking telepathically. And this realization is disconcerting and distracting to Gansey, but not to Noah. Mm-hmm. And Noah is able to help him remember and communicate what the trees have said. Right. And he thinks it might have been one voice all along. And this passage definitely reminds me of the voices that Welk yeah, has been hearing absolutely. whispering. Ronan was concentrating too hard to remember to look cool or surly. <laughs> and this is a reminder that this is a skin that Ronan wears, just like they all have their skin. Absolutely. Ronan apologizes for not getting all of the translation, and he's very unsure about it. Gansey, you're doing really well, reassuring him. And I just love this mm-hmm. little moment. It's a good one. So the trees give them directions out. You go back through the year against the road, but left of the sycamore, there's something you'll want to find. Right. Something they think we want to find. And could this be Noah's wish? Why would Mm -hmm. they think they would want to find this car if it wasn't something that one of them was thinking about? Right. And could he be wanting his friends to see his car and to know what happened to him? I think probably. Yeah. I mean, it seems that way later mm-hmm. that he wants them to know. Gansey says, do you think we should do it? Can they be trusted? Adam's like, do we have a choice? Mm-hmm. And Blue's like, I think we should trust them. Right. Gansey looking for his second opinion, looking for his right-hand men to give him advice. And Adam's being practical and Blue's being a tree. Right. <laughs> And she references Ronan's handwriting with its great care to prove its origin to them. Mm -hmm. Then they leave with a thanks and we'll be back. Right. 
Throughout the chapters, Blue is the one pointing out the changes in the trees, and I said this earlier. Uh-huh. Sparse red leaves spotted the branches, but by the time Blue pointed out a massive sycamore, they were in the sticky grips of summer. Uh-huh. The closer they get to out of the forest, the less clear the trees' voices become, rubbing against each other in a constant murmured rustle. If there was a voice now, Gansey wasn't sure he'd hear it. And then Gansey says, we missed summer before we went straight to fall. Didn't what happened to Noah happen in the summer? No, Gansey says of the day he died, it was spring, but it had suddenly decided it was summer. Ah, uh, It was see. very hot. Yeah. Page 270, The Raven Boys. Mm. And Ronan says, magical mosquitoes. What a great place this is. <laughs> or dream mosquitoes. Make it stop, you dork. <laughs> Gansey thought that there was only one thing he was looking for. True? False? I think he's looking for a lot more than just one thing, personally. Yeah, but he doesn't really realize it yet. And then they find a red Mustang, a newer model. Well, I don't know that I'd call at least seven years old a newer model, but it's newer than the Camaro. Right. And this is where I started to get an inkling. I mean, I didn't know that Welk and Noah were really tied together until this happened. Mm -hmm. I accepted that Noah was a ghost. (laughs) <laughs> but I had not yet put together the Welk killed him part of it right. until this. And it was page 100 in The Raven Boys where Welk thinks to himself, Cherney pulled up in his red Mustang. Uh-huh. I was like, what? Wait, huh? What? <laughs> Coated with layers and layers of pollen and leaf litter. And the car is decaying just like Noah. Yeah. The scene was reminiscent of old shipwrecks, ancient boats turned into coral reefs by the wilds of time. Yeah. Yeah, Caves Water is weird in the way that time works, but we've seen that before. Yeah. I love this line so much, and I can picture it so completely. Mm. Oh, me too. It's a great line. Yeah. Okay, real talk. How the hell did Welk get Noah's body back to the churchyard if he left Noah's car here? That's a good question. Right. How the hell did Welk even get home? Yeah, there are a lot of unanswered (laughs) questions here, Maggie. Right. On page 99, the place he killed Noah is described as a sinister group of oak trees that had been notable because of old words carved into one of the trunks of Latin. And yet the churchyard is mentioned as a separate place on the same page. Right. New money, his father would have said, burns in the pocket. I'm like, that is Welk to a T. I was thinking Welk, but it's Noah's car. Right, yeah. We don't actually get a feel for how new Noah's family's money is, though, do we? We only see them very briefly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I just think that Noah probably would have had an ostentatious, flashy car. Uh-huh. Just sounds like the type. <laughs> Adam exposes a Blink-182 sticker and an Aglaby decal. Figures, Blue says, without a trace of irony regarding the fact that she's currently hanging out with a bunch of Raven boys. <laughs> it's like... They don't count, though. Yes, they do. I know, but... <laughs> okay, Blue. Yeah. There's a mummified hamburger sitting in the car, and this is the second of three hamburgers we see. Right. The first is the one we mentioned in episode one, when Ronan and Adam rescued a stranded Gansey. Mm-hmm. And the third is when Neve calls Welk on the payphone in chapter 37. Yeah, it's such a weird connecting detail that the hamburgers should reference the three people who were affected by or involved in Noah's murder. Uh, that's a weird connection. <laughs> it's and such a weird thing. Yeah, and I can't believe it. Oh, hamburger. 
hamburgers. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I just, I, I don't know why I caught that. Well, we did talk about it when Gansey, when oh, they yeah. buy the hamburger for That's Gansey. Right. And I think I talked about it in the holiday episode too, because Gansey mentions being able to smell the hamburger place. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's kind of indicative of death. The hamburger oh, yeah. is indicative of death. So we've talked about it a couple times already. And the car, too, was a riddle, like Blue's voice on the recorder. And I'm like, yep, exactly like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly that kind of riddle. Yeah. Gansey felt as if it was directed specifically at him. Yes, Gansey should know this feeling. Uh Uh-huh. So they pop the trunk and they find a dowsing rod. Coincidence, Adam said, of course, meaning that it wasn't. Yeah. And again, Welk even thinks about the fact that he had constructed a superior kind of dowsing rod, which Uh is just another bit of foreshadowing. Page Mm -hmm. 99. And I'm like, poor, poor Noah here. Blue's basically taking care of him while he's puking. And, And again, they don't ask too many questions. Though I think he's probably too traumatized right now to have answered right. anything anyway. Yeah. And also I'm like, he's a ghost. What does he throw up? Right. <laughs> Ectoplasm? Right. <laughs> Blue specifies that he's retching, which uh-huh. would mean that he's not throwing up anything. I guess so. Yeah. I think you'll find Gansey prefers the word vomiting, Ronan says brightly. <laughs> he says it brightly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so Ronan is an asshole. I love him so much. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this finally was something that he knew about. <laughs> oh, Ronan, you know a lot about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then, like a sweetheart, he goes and takes care of Noah. <laughs> and in Maggie's recaptions post for the Raven Boys, which I'll post the link to, mm-hmm. she says, Noah retches violently. I think Maggie Stiebotter has vomiting in all of her books. I'm referring to myself in third person. <laughs> <laughs> I thought was, lol, Maggie. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord. Gansey and his surprise over Blue knowing about a dowsing rod. This was technically a tool of the trade. I just thought it was weird that he was surprised. Someone else was looking for the ley line and decided it was more important than their car. Not exactly. The car is Noah's car, so the person thought it was more important than the car's owner. Yeah. God, Welk. Yeah. Uh Gansey glanced up at the trees around him, which, as I said earlier, is a mirror to Noah's motions when they first reach Cave's Water. And it's a nice example of bookending the scenes. Right. And Gansey says, I think we'd better go. We need more information. And I'm like, you just got a whole lot more information than you realize. Right. But okay, more real talk. Uh Uh-huh. Why the hell didn't they look for a car's registration? Yeah. Do you think Welk was smart enough to have taken that? No. Why didn't they take down the car's license plate number? Mm -hmm. Because really, chapter 25 starts out where they're talking about how they're researching on the library's microfiche. I mean, they would have no thought that perhaps if the trees led them here, it was important. Yeah. And I... I would guess that there's several articles about Noah's disappearance. Some yeah, of how them, did they miss that? Some of them probably describe his car mm. in some way. I mean, it's obviously an Aglinby student. So even a last name on the registration card could have been looked up yeah, in a student you, directory. You or I would think that if I were traipsing through some magical wood and a car with a parking well, sticker for my school showed up there. Well, I would a car that some freaking trees just told me to go uh-huh. find. <laughs> and they like, 
could they could have just looked up his last name in a yearbook if they had found his registration? It's probably not that common. Nah, ah, Lord, sometimes, sometimes it just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like seriously. Gansey thinks we need more information. It's probably sitting right there uh-huh. at the car. Uh huh. I was just <laughs> doof, banging my head against the wall. <laughs> this makes no sense. Well, with that, we are done with the two chapters. Going pretty well. Yeah. Moving along. So we are to the most valuable character. All right. (laughs) I'll go first. Okay, go first. Okay, before we started, we were both like, I don't know who to pick. Anyway, I'm going to pick Ronan. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to pick Ronan because... Future Ronin totally gives them the keys to talk to Cabe's water. Right. If it wasn't true. for future Ronin, they wouldn't know anything about this place. Mm. And so maybe I'll give future Ronin most valuable character. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, he gives them the keys to Cabe's water. He dreamed Cabe's water. Cabe's water wouldn't exist without him. And he is the one who allows them to speak to the trees in Cabe's water. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it to Ronin. What do you think? I was going to say blue. <laughs> so it's a blue Ronin showdown. We've been waiting on this forever. <laughs> Why? You have to give me reasons. Why blue? Why is blue? Probably not as good as your reasons for Ronin. But I was just thinking that like, she's the one who's paying attention to the forest. She doesn't know the Latin. Right. But she's like, hey, let's talk to them this way. And it feels this way. And Right. Okay. It's a bro-down, ho-down, showdown. <laughs> All right. Should we rush and bow it? Oh, shit. If I lose, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I don't know if I can I, do this. I All right. Have... <laughs> All right. Do you want me to give it to you? No, no. All right, let's do we it. We might have to like it might be a mess two out of three. Okay. All ready? Right, all right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh damn it! We both shoot rock! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, we gotta shoot again. Oh Lord, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta strategize here. Okay. <laughs> ready? Alright, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> We both shot. We both shot rock again. All right. <laughs> it's the bro down, ho down, showdown. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Damn. Oh no. 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 Best two out of three. That was it. We shot. Aww. Oh. Now I feel bad because I want. Because your reasons are better. <laughs> this is where we play the sad Charlie Brown music. Your reasons are better. That's right. I'm just going to insert sad Charlie Brown music here. Oh, <laughs> well, you're actually. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's okay. No, right. you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Oh, Lord. Okay, so. (sighs) Well, it had to happen someday. (laughs) All right, Maggie, watch. 
On March 1st, which should be the release date of this episode, the Opal short story will be available digitally, separate from the Raven King paperback, which is great news for those of you who may already own the Raven King and were not planning on buying a paperback copy. You can check Amazon for a Kindle version, or if you live in the UK, you can purchase it on Google Play. I know the Amazon version's 99 cents. And just a quick reminder that our next episode will cover the Opal short story. So if you want to follow along, that's your reason to buy it. Yay. Yay. And then a supporter shout out or a couple, but we've been getting some really great messages on Tumblr and we appreciate every single one. We absolutely do. It's so awesome. So unfortunately, I can't call out the anonymous asks by name, but that's okay. Don't feel you have to go off right. off of Anon if you don't want to. But I do want to say thank you to Still the Ginger Alchemist for telling us that something we said helped you make a new connection to the books. You really have no idea mm-hmm. like how much this thrills us. I absolutely love the thought that we are bringing new interpretations into your brains. Absolutely. That's that why is, we're here. That's why we're here. And that's so awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much. And then on March 1st, I will be at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle. And I don't know if we have any listeners who might be in the Pacific Northwest. But if you wanted to get in touch with me, if you want to meet up or if you want to try and hang out, I'd love that. That would be awesome. You can email me at Gmail at Substance Party with all of the A's taken out. And we'll try and get something together. I'll actually be up there from like Thursday till Sunday afternoon. So... If you happen to hear this on your way to Emerald City, great. Let's get together. Yay. All right. Well, with that, thanks for joining us today. And as we just said, our next episode will be the Opal short story, which I'm super excited about because I want more Opal. so excited. This will be really fun. Mm-hmm. We anticipate I, that will be our March 15th episode. Yeah. And my understanding is less a short story and more a novella. <laughs> like uh, it's actually, yeah. It's actually fairly long. I think mm-hmm. I think it was something like 11,000 words. Wow. So it's a significant chunk of time. And then just a reminder that our recording schedule is several weeks ahead of the release schedule. So follow us online for announcements of what chapters we'll be covering next. And please send us your thoughts. We would love to have your contributions to the conversations and questions, theories, all of that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. And you can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S. On Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com, Facebook at facebook.com slash ravengirls, and you can reach us directly at ravengirls at gmail.com. And you can reach me at substanceparty.tumblr.com or via Gmail at substanceparty with all of the A's taken out, S-U-B-S-T-N-C-E-P-R-T-Y at gmail.com. And if we have referenced a post or article in the podcast, we will do our very best to include source links to those in the show notes. The Raven Cycle and all affiliated properties are copyright Maggie Stiebotter and Scholastic Incorporated. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And until next time, whoop whoop Raven Girls! Sorry, I beat you. Because <laughs> 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 I was just like,
just like, Red and Blue Showdown! Red and Blue Showdown! And I'm like, oh, and then I felt bad about it. You should. <laughs> I should have gone with Ronin. That's how I feel about that. 